0: Conversations with Pioneers, hosted by Refilue Tobeheha. She's a go-getter. Tenacious. Resilient, without a doubt. Intelligent, most definitely a thinker. She sets the pace. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Conversations with Pioneers. This is the place where I introduce you to the next generation of amazing people from all walks of life doing phenomenal work and making dope things happen. On this very podcast, I talk to creators, artists, entrepreneurs, influencers, thought leaders. Are you one of them? If so, send me an email info at refiluetobeja.com. Remember to follow me on my socials, Instagram at refiluetobeja, Twitter at refiluetobeja, Facebook page, follow refiluetobeja and visit my website refiluetobeja.com. And my very first pioneer on the show is none other than Katleho Sohoto. Katleho is a news anchor and traffic reporter at one of Johannesburg's top radio stations, Kaya FM. She is a personality on the station's afternoon drive time show, Kaya Drive with Sezwe Zomo from 3 to 6 p.m. Kat, as she is affectionately known, studied journalism at Wits University and also studied live performance at the School of the Creative Economy, known as AVDA. Ms. Khoto started her career at Prime Media Broadcasting's Eyewitness News, where she spent three years in the field covering all kinds of news beats from politics to business, to hard news, to her very favorite arts and culture, as well as lifestyle. Welcome to the show, dear pioneer. Wow. What an intro, right?
1: Thank you so much for having me tattoo. Thank you.
0: You have done well for yourself.
1: You know what, I've tried my best over the years and I can say that I didn't necessarily end up where I am today through planning or precision planning. It was just taking one step at a time and watching my life unfold in an organic way. And so I think I'm here today because I just took it one step at a time. I like that. One step at
0: a time. Tell me, Gitleho, why arts and culture as well as lifestyle?
1: Look, when I started studying as a whole, before I even did journalism, as you mentioned, I studied at Avda, I did live performance. I've always been quite the artist myself. So Mm -hmm. I was in front of the camera. I was on stage. I lived and breathed performance. And so when I struggled in 2014, after studying at AFDA with my honours degree in life performance, I decided to then look at what's the next best thing that is still storytelling. What other sector is there? And journalism was the first thing that came to mind. So, So when I entered journalism, I already entered with the heart of an arts and culture person, as a thespian, because that was my background anyway. I was going in and out of auditions, not getting a gig, and I was feeling really disheartened. But by the beginning of that year, actually, I had identified that I might have a problem. And so I started applying Advits to study journalism. And, I, and I'll i admit, this was the only place that I applied uh, because I had heard about the honest Program there and how amazing it was. When I entered the world of journalism, I didn't enter it with the same hunger like I think conventional journalists have, which is sort of current affairs, breaking news, protests, politics, trade union stories. I didn't come at it from that angle. I definitely came at it from an artistic background. And so when I would Mm -hmm. then venture into journalism, definitely for me, arts, culture, lifestyle, that became where I really would thrive.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. What are some of the big names you've interviewed while covering the arts and culture or any dope events you've covered? And how was it like for you? So I've interviewed
1: the likes of Amanda Black. I remember mm. one of the best things that happened was when I went to Basha Uhuru. And at the time mm. I interviewed this young girl who was new on the pop scene. And her name was Shoma Josie. At the time she was literally bubbling. She wasn't yet the Shoma Josie we know. And I remember and good- that that was phenomenal.
0: I just had goosebumps. I don't know why. I because <laughs> I remember that interview and, and just how phenomenal it was at the time. Tell us about your beginnings. Tell us who is Katleho? where is she from? How did you grow up? Do you have any siblings apart from the journalist, the artist, the, the, the thespian? So I have two siblings. I have a brother
1: and a sister. I'm the oldest. And we grew up, for the first 10 years of my life, I actually grew up with DK in Soweto, phase 3. That's where most of my happiest childhood memories were. I went to a school called Greenside Primary, which is near Emerintshire. And then I went to, then when we moved to the Burbs, when I was about 11 or 10, then i then we then I started to go to a school called Glenanda Primary, which was also fantastic. Um, so I had a very amazing childhood in that I was surrounded by my mother, who I adore and i love and she's always been such a good spirited person my father as well you know my love for music really started with him because he had cassettes and records and when cds came in i had cds i still have an amazing cd collection it really started from my love of music which i took on from him I read books a lot. I mean, I was that girl that would read Sweet Valley High and Goosebumps and Harry Potter. So I consumed a lot of literature as a child. And yeah, I lived a, a pretty healthy Life And then even when I went to Mondial High, Mondial High was a great way to learn how to be around black people more often. And I know that sounds funny. But if you look at Greenside and Glenanda, there was predominantly white children, although maybe Greenside was more Indian kids and uh, white kids. And some black kids as well. And then it was predominantly white. And then Mondio High was predominantly black. And so I think growing up with those different diverse groups taught me how to interrogate myself, how to see the world and how to
0: see how colorful the world is. Did you have any identity issues like, like some of those kids who went to multiracial schools? No, I don't think so.
1: I've always been quite sure of myself, despite my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been able to adapt to you like if I'm the only black person in a room, I know how to adapt without being white. like i don't I don't imitate, but I do adapt so that I feel comfortable to some extent. And so that I can understand the next person as well. But I didn't, mm. I don't think
0: I had an identity crisis. I've always been quite solid within myself. Mm-hmm. And if you can hear any birds chipping away, I just want to apologize. I, I think they just love your energy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I love birds myself. So I'm fine Absolutely. with that. Um, Tell me about ABDA. I think it's just a, a space oozing just creativity and art. Yeah. Hmm. So
1: after, I mean, throughout high school and primary school, I was literally that girl on stage. I was in every play that I could find myself in. I was doing public speaking. I was doing every single arts and culture activity there was to offer. And I can admit that the only arts and culture activity I never ended up doing was debating. And only because it used to clash with public speaking, not because I didn't want to do it. So I was doing too much already. And so my love started literally at Greenside Primary School. So by the time I was in grade three, I was already probably on stage. And I was, I loved the stage. When I hit matric, I wanted a space that focused more on screen acting. So on screen, not Mm -hmm. so much theater because I'd felt like I'd done so much theater and I wanted to learn something new. And I knew that AVDA specialized in camera work Mm -hmm. um, and film and motion picture. Mm -hmm. And so I enrolled at AVDA and thank God at the time, well, the fees were still expensive at the time, but then we pulled through and my family really helped me. I mean, my mom and dad paid for exorbitant school fees and I took the responsibility to make sure that I passed every single year, that there's no opportunity to fail because my parents are paying so much for me to do the thing that I'd always wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, AVDA was was a buzz with creativity. It was hard. I mean, we would shoot long hours. There's a lot of... The program at AVDA, well, then, was when you entered first year, you would almost automatically be mentored by those who were in third or fourth year. You fall into that program of being mentored very early. While at the same time, as groups, you develop your own films and television productions. You would have had a lot of trouble if you couldn't work in groups at AFDA because everything was group work. The only thing that wasn't group work was a a course called Core Course, which everyone hated because that was all the theory of, of film and television. But it was fantastic. I learned a lot. It was grueling. Because we would shoot in winter, summer, no matter... You could have a movie that's written as if it's summer and you guys are shooting in the middle of winter and you're dressed as an actor as if it's summer. So those are just some of the examples of how physically grueling it was Mm. and do you have any aspirations of being back in front of the screen definitely if i if i had an agency call me now and say come through or someone perhaps sees me or if i have the opportunity to audition for a role that i like i'll definitely go for it i think i'm just waiting
0: for that window of opportunity yeah for how long have you been at kaya and how was it treating you
1: So I started at Kai in the first of April 2019, so it'll be two years this year march and mm-hmm. it's been fantastic i mean what i had always wanted was sort of an arts and culture space and kaya is that
0: i started mm-hmm. as a
1: producer at kaya i was producing for the drive time show then it was called uncaptured with homuzo matzunyane and dumiso novo and um, that was tricky because i was moving from reporting at ewn to producing but i i wanted the challenge i wanted to learn then I moved to the news department because I felt like, actually, I'd rather be a news reporter. And then because Kaya, the news team, is so slim, you can't just be a reporter. You also have to anchor. You also have to do traffic. So I would find myself juggling a lot of hats at Kaya FM, which is something that I really appreciate. So I've had to learn at Kaya how to be in different roles and Kaya is very personality driven. So as much as I could be reading traffic, I'm on the show now with Cesare Loma between three and six. And we contribute to the show. You know, we produce the show as a team. So Kaya has been a great learning and it, it's been a great learning experience, but most of all, it's been a great environment for me to exercise my
0: creativity I've, I've heard you a couple of times on on the kayak drive and i was like who's this woman who sounds so great and after a while i was like omg is cat can you also tell how much you've grown not really
1: i mean be, maybe because i am in myself Right. So I am myself. So what I was then, I, I I wouldn't really know. I've always tried to be rooted in myself. I can tell the difference in terms of the delivery, for example, between EWN and Kaya FM. You know, EWN was very hard news, on the ball, factual, clear, precise. Whereas at Kaya, I'm playing a role that's more opinionated subjective sometimes and and my personality is on display yeah so in that sense i've been able to explore myself from that angle
0: yeah i like what you say your personality is on display that's so that's powerful now how has that pandemic affected the way you do your work today You work from home. Yes,
1: we sometimes we work from home. If there's a case at the office, we have to leave usually. And then the station goes on automation and the office buildings are fumigated. So it's been tough. I mean, also because Kaya FM is a music station, unlike EWN or 702 rather, news is not a top priority as such. So we're not going out into the field like some of your big newsrooms are, so we're quite confined to the office. So we're doing a lot of office reporting, which is not my favorite thing to do. And um, the constraints are difficult. It's really hard times. Never mind the stories of people losing loved ones. That's just even more devastating. And, you know, you're always concerned about yourself and your family. You're always on your toes. You're always on eggshells because of this pandemic. You can't really relax. And I think last year, particularly, I suffered from a lot of anxiety.
0: Mm.
1: I worry more for my family than I do for myself. You know, you go through conversations in your head that sound like, God, take me, don't take my family, you know.
0: Oh my goodness. We're really living in very, very tough times. And I'm very happy that you overcame that, Gatleho. Yeah. But let's shift the gear a little bit. I know you consider yourself a feminist and you are encouraged by the many strides and progress black women are making in all sectors of the world. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I'm always excited when I see a black woman winning. Always. Mm -hmm. And I think the world is really harsh on us. I think black men themselves are harsh on us. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if we're supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be strong, not in a good sense, but in the sense that says endurance. Mm -hmm. Um, The world is not kind with us, it's not soft with us. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to make mistakes, we're not allowed to be multifaceted. We're not allowed to be angry and joyful and calm. We're not allowed to be all those things. Um, I'm so modern in the way I live, in the, the things I think about, you know, the fact that growing up, I was excited by things like Harry Potter and dinosaurs and aliens and E.T. And and, and I was excited about the idea of traveling and, you know, and I, and my mother is so amazing because she's never imposed any of the stuff that I now see as an adult. She never imposed it on me as a child. I only started battling these sort of traditions about what black women should be as an adult, which is actually quite insane because I know a lot of black girls perhaps feel it at a younger age. So when I say I'd like to see black women winning, I like to see us in volumes, in numbers, really owning certain spaces, standing strong in certain spaces, making mistakes in certain spaces, trying things. And and I always say, you know, white people aren't who they are today because they've been perfect or amazing. White people have been allowed to play, explore. You know, I think Black women should be afforded that. We should be able to just, oh, I feel like starting a chef school or i feel like starting a, a recipe book or i feel like being a stay at home mom or i just want to figure myself out or i want to start an ngo or i want to start a science project for high school kids whatever we want to dream of we haven't been allowed to do that we're not allowed to play and and i'm all about playing because i think that's where we find some of our greatest inventions so I want to see when I say I'm pro black women I'm pro black women playing having fun living
0: soft you know that's actually what I'm saying I love that I absolutely Love that. What do you love to do on your spare time, Katleho? Sure, if I even have spare time. um, (laughs) What what would you love to do more on your imaginary spare time? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would love to read more. I remember when I used to read literally from the time I'd get into bed at like 10 o'clock at night. I could read until 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm not saying that that was healthy, but I used to have my bedside lamp. And I used to have a little book and I would read. And I think that's where my eyesight started to deteriorate because now I wear glasses. But I want that leisure. I want more leisure time to read. I want to cook stuff more often, spend time with friends. I mean, COVID has really taught me also, well, I've always been the type to connect with friends. But now it's really taught me the value of connecting because that's not an option anymore Or you try to keep it as thin as possible In terms of being in physical contact with someone But definitely go out on more lunch dates with friends
0: Have fun Yeah mm-hmm. And before I let you go, Katleho, Marriage yeah. on the cards or on the horizon for this phenomenal woman? Well, not even now I think you'd have to give me like 5-6 years And I've given myself
1: the next 5-6 years to pull myself to myself there's a level of success I want to achieve within the next six years that I really (laughs) hope happens
0: yeah yeah and so I can give you a straight answer maybe after like six years. One step in front of the other. Yes. yes. So how do we keep in touch with you on the streets of the social media? Okay, so on socials, I'm at Kat
1: Supporto. that's all of my socials. So Kat has in K-A-T and my surname S-E-K-H-O-T-H-O.
0: Really simple, Kat Sohoto, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you Katliho, for joining me. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Taddo, and thank you for this platform. It's really a gift. Awesome, awesome. That was Katia to joining me on Conversations with Pioneers. Remember the socials again at Refilue Tobeja on Twitter and Instagram and on the Facebook page Refilue Tobeja. and the website is RefilueTobecha.com Thank you so much for joining me. Remember, same time, same place again for another Conversation with a Pioneer. You don't want to miss it. And in the meantime, remember to level up. Level up. Cheers out. Conversations with Pioneers hosted by Refuelo Tobeja.